goodness. Here it is. Time for the Create Podcast. The Create Podcast. And there's only um, land separating us now. There's no ocean between us. Can't you feel the difference? <laughs> well, I can definitely feel the good Wi-Fi. <laughs> She's getting closer. We're and getting I so feel close. it in my heart. Oh, it's so good to be alive. It's so good to do a podcast. It's so good to be back in America. <laughs> I want to be in America. Oh my gosh, <laughs> never ever let me do a one-person West Side Story. That would be so bad. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Becca Glenn, who is a fresh, freshman at Utah University, who told me last night that she loves our podcast. Yay, Becca. Thank you for loving us. <laughs> it feels so good to be loved. I, I think part of the joy of the podcast is people get to tune in every week and say like, you know, like where in the world is Carmen San Diego? It's like, where in the world are Natalie and Kristen this week? Yeah. And usually we don't know. So right now I am in Heber Valley uh, near Salt Lake City in beautiful Utah. Oh, and I'm back in New York City after uh, two and a half months away. What does it feel like to be home after two and a half months? It's an amazing gift. Uh, traveling for me and uh, shaking up your routine is an amazing gift of really appreciating the present moment. Because you know when you're like, when you book a trip, the best part of the trip is actually the dreaming about being on the trip. Does that make sense? I, I heard someone describe once like when you're like at your office and it's like raining and snowing outside and it's miserable, but you know, next week you're going on vacation. It's like your mind is so happy. Like the snow doesn't bother you. The traffic doesn't bother because you know, next week I'm going on vacation. And then you could be on vacation on your last day of vacation, having like a beautiful cocktail, sitting on the most beautiful beach. Like everything is perfect, but you know, you have to go home the next day and get Uh back to work and you're miserable. So it's not about where you are it's about where you let your perception go about where you are you know what I mean or where you're going so there's something really fun about having spent so much time away from home that it crossed the precipice from you know when you go away for a short time and then you're going back home it's like "Ah, I'm not ready to go back home yet but I was so ready to come home it was like overload of vacation it was like it was like too much of a good thing almost that I was so excited to come home that like even sorting mail felt fun (laughs) you know like it was like everything I got to do uh sorting my mail taking my trash out taking my laundry everything became fun because I haven't done it in so long (laughs) oh and that all of a sudden being home felt like the brand new place to be Mm. well it's like vacation Right. Isn't that funny how it comes back down to perception then that when something now is a choice and it's some, it becomes something that you want to do and how can we hold that every day can have that kind of, I can't wait to go do it. Right. And maybe it's even, it's almost like the repetition of the same thing over and over and over again keeps it from being new to us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think our job is to, see the present moment as always a new moment, even if it's the same action, you're a different person meeting the action, you know, after sleep or, you know, after a conversation, you're always shifting, you're always changing, you're always reinventing, your cells are always changing, you're actually never the same person doing the same activity. So how can you open your mind and perception to say, I'm not actually doing the same thing I've ever done before, even if I'm taking the same action? 
Which brings us to our podcast topic this week, which is the courage to be in it. And as Natalie and I were uh, jamming this morning and exchanging stories about what we've been up to and what we've been doing, we uh, noticed a little reoccurring theme, which is just the choice to be in whatever you are in, whether it is a relationship or a career, or even like going on an adventurous vacation, there is a choice that we make to be in something. And that always proves a certain amount of bravery. It takes courage to be in whatever you are in, because what you go through will change you. Right. And we all assume being here in life you know, was the choice. And then we get here and we think we already made the choice and we're done. <laughs> but it's, it's that ever present choice. Do I choose to escape the opportunity? Do I choose to escape the lesson? Does it feel too hard, too overwhelming, too much? Uh, do I feel uh, apathetic? Do I feel not interested? Do I feel like if I go in, I'm going to get my heart broken? Do I feel if I go in, I might fail? And so at every single moment, we have the choice to be in our life or to kind of watch from the sidelines. And I think many of us fall inevitably into safety traps of sitting on the sideline for a little while. It feels good. We don't feel too triggered. Everything's going well. And at a certain point, there's a craving inside of you to have a bigger bite of life. There's a craving inside of you that cannot be denied. So inevitably, we're all going to find the courage to get back in. So can we just have the courage to stay in? Right. It's like life is constantly giving us an invitation and saying, hey, do you want to jump in? I'm giving you something brand new, something you've never done before. Are you ready? And this brings me to my story about yesterday and the motorcycle. (laughs) So... I do not know this story yet, but I'm already delighted. So here I am. I am in Heber uh, near Park City. And my best, dearest uh, friend, Scott, not, like next to Natalie, this is like, it's like, it's like Natalie Roy, John DeVisi, Scott McClade, and then my friend Natalie Avital in, uh, in Los Angeles. Like, or it's like, it's like my core soul tribe. So Scott goes, I'm visiting Scott, and he like with a twinkle in his eye, is like, I'm going to take you on a motorcycle ride. And I'm like, you, my eyes get big. You are? Oh, yeah. In fact, I, since I knew you were coming, I started practicing. What do you mean practicing? Having someone be on the back of my motorcycle. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, my goodness. Now, here's the invitation. It sounds so fun to be on the back of a motorcycle. Like that sounds like the badass rock star I am. Yeah, I want freaking boots and a helmet and a leather jacket and get off the back of a motorcycle. I want all those things in my life. And Scott's so hot with his beard and his shades. Like we look like a poster out of like cool people, America. (laughs) These are all the things I want. And he pulls out the bike, and I knew yesterday was the day, like it was coming. And this bike is black, and it's gorgeous, and it's as sexy as we are. And, uh, and he's showing me how to get on, and I'm like, oh, oh there's, there's no seatbelt. There's nothing to keep me on this bike. The, do you know what keeps me on the bike? Me holding on to him. And there's, yeah, there's nothing else. And he's like... Um, I'm going to take you up over the mountains over into Park City. 
So this isn't like we're going down the block. This is like we're going into the mountains, into the curvy, curvy roads, <laughs> and like, and then down curvy, curvy roads, like the best ski slopes, you know, in Utah. And I'm like, okay. So I get on behind him. He starts off on the gravel. We go like 10 feet. And all I'm thinking is like, I don't know how I'm going to do this for the next few hours. <laughs> we start to go down the road and I'm just like, all right, universe, put a pink bubble of protection around us. And I can feel my body get like all tight and I can feel my breathing get shallow. And at some point I was like, relax, surrender. And I had to make the choice to say, I'm going on this ride. I'm going uh, on it. And he's going to go fast. <laughs> and we're going to go around curves. And I'm going to have an amazing time if I can just be on the ride and, and inside the not knowing and the uncertainty. And it was, it's that feeling where you get so close to flying. And I actually, as we were coming back from Park City, we went over to Park City. We had a beautiful lunch. I did lots of shopping. As we were coming back, um, I saw in the distance um, people uh, parasailing over the lake. And I thought about you and I and when we went parasailing and how that also felt like flying. And it's this theme of life giving us the opportunity to do something we've never done before but it takes literally being like scared shitless for a second before we start to enjoy ourselves yeah and I almost think fear is the indicator that there's an opportunity for courage right <laughs> it's like we're and it doesn't matter if you're scared of something real or imagined because it's funny I, I once like dated a guy because he had a motorcycle and I had all these like desires but my desire was very different. He was in New York City and he came to pick me up on his motorcycle and I was wearing spike heels and a skirt. And I was like, yes, I am. And like, take me to Times Square. <laughs> Just like, I had no fear of being on the motorcycle whatsoever. It was like, bring me to the motorcycle. But this is going to bring me to my fear story, which is I'm scared of fish. <laughs> so here's the thing that's interesting about fear we're not necessarily ever really scared of something real. We're scared of what we think we can't control. We're scared of what we think might go wrong. We're, we're never scared of the thing we think we're scared of, right? So <laughs> I was in Sardinia, which is arguably one of the most beautiful places on earth. I had this beautiful little tiny little house that was overlooking the Mediterranean Sea and these beautiful rocks and palm trees everywhere. And I would wake up every morning and take my yoga mat down to the rocks and do yoga and meditation with the sunrise. And it was such a magical, mystical place that they even had this forest nearby that had all these animals running around wild, like ponies and horses and donkeys and pigs and mountain goats. And so even when I was doing my yoga, often animals would come and stand on the cliff and watch me do yoga in the morning. It was the most magical place. And I felt calm and relaxed and happy. And so one day my love and I, in our bathing suits, ran off the rocks and like jumped in the beautiful water of the Mediterranean Sea. And I was swimming and free and having fun and happy. And we put our goggles on so that we could dive down in the water. And by this point, we'd already been in the water for maybe 10 minutes, swimming around, having fun. I put my goggles on 
and I put my head under the water and there were fish everywhere. Now, mind you, there was not a single fish that was bigger than my hand and they were all bright colored and beautiful. And like, they looked like the most beautiful little creatures you could ever see. And I put my head above water and I started flapping my arms around wildly, like so that they wouldn't come near me. And my love was like, Natalie, what's going on? And I said, I'm scared of the fish. And he said, well, what do you think they're going to do? And I said, it doesn't matter. There's so many of them and they're, they're close to me and I don't want them close to me. And he said, but they're just curious about you. And I was like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh. And it was such an irrational fear. And so, of course, I immediately... I jumped on his back and made him swim me back to shore on his back because I didn't even want like my body in the water near them. Like it was really irrational. And I get back on shore and then I realized I'm watching him in the water, swimming, jumping, laughing, playing, and I'm sitting on the shore. Mm. And it was kind of this moment of, A, there's no real danger but I'm taking myself out of the game because of something that's not real. And how often in life do we take ourselves out of the game because of the fear of what might happen, even if nothing's happening. But also I had spent 10 minutes in the water with all of these fish and I didn't see them. So I wasn't scared. It was yes. when I saw what could potentially hurt me that I backed out and I didn't have the courage to stay in. So what this makes me think about, about perception, there's two insights I got from this. The first insight is when I'm looking to focus on what might hurt me, I'm never going to stay in the game because there's always something that's going to hurt me. If I'm looking how my partner might hurt me, I'm never going to stay in that relationship. Mm -hmm. If I'm looking about how this job might hurt me, I'm never going to be able to do this job integrity. If I'm looking at how life might hurt me, I'm going to have to be on the shore. I'm always going to take myself out if I'm focusing my perception on what might hurt me. But if I'm focusing my perception on what feels good, like the water feels good, it feels cool, the salt tastes in my mouth, feeling my arms in the water, being with my love. If I focus on what feels good, even if there are things that could hurt, then I'm going to stay in. And I'm going to stay in no matter what the danger, because life is built with danger. There's inherent danger in life. It's dangerous to be a human being. So as long as I'm focused on that, I'm going to keep my life really small, trying to avoid what might hurt me. But if I can focus instead on what feels really good, I will stay in the game every time. And life is going to continually give us opportunities to make our life bigger. And every time it does, there will be risk. So on my way out to Salt Lake City, I'm at the airport. By the way, I had the cutest travel outfit on. I was... I, I literally felt like everyone was staring at me because I felt that cute at the airport. And I had my cute little pink luggage. I was packed so compactly. You would just be amazed at who I am. And... <laughs> As I'm waiting for the flight, I even got there like an hour and a half early. I thought, oh, I might get a little lunch. So I'm going to go up to like the airport bar. And as I sit down, um, there is this beautiful woman to my right. And she's in her late 60s. And she's just so attractive. I almost don't know what to do with myself. Um, she 
kind of reminds me of Michelle Pfeiffer in, 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 in this look that she has and her earrings are done and she has these cute jeans, she's hip, she's cool. And we start talking and she tells me she'd been out in LA to visit her daughter, but she really lives in Toronto. And you know me, I love a Canadian. And as we're talking, um, she tells me, she ends up, we end up getting really close and she ends up telling me, telling me how she looks like you do when you're waiting for your airplane. And she, she ends up telling me how she's lived all over the world. And, um, she, and she traveled all over with her husband for his work. And now here she is in her late sixties and she's recently gone through a divorce because her husband has left her for someone in their thirties. And the thing that came out of my mouth was oh my God, I'm so excited for you. And it was real. It wasn't like I was trying to like make her feel better. All I could think is she was so hot. Like I thought she was like the sexiest woman and, and, and she carried herself with such like a regal air. I was just like, well, you're going to just date up a storm now in this new chapter in your life. And she like laughed so hard. And so we sat there and immediately it was like we were girlfriends and she started telling me about how she'd been writing recently and um, she felt all this new creative energy and I couldn't help but feel excited for her life and this potential that seemed to be pushing forth like all I could see was really exciting invitation and as she started talking to me um, she's like oh I don't even know if I um have started to look at it that way, but yeah, yeah. And then she asked me if she could buy me a glass of wine and she told me that it was like, she's like, I just feel like we're having like really good therapy right now. And I was like, that's so funny. But sometimes I feel like it may look really scary and dangerous or unknown, but life is giving us an opportunity to expand. I was gonna say, that's the thing about the courage to be in it is that the, the courage that it takes to be in it is in training your perception to see what good and growth is here for you in it, right? So yeah, there's gonna be pain, there's gonna be heartbreak, there's gonna be a lot of shit that's gonna go down if you are in it, but I can train my perception to focus on the good and the growth then all of a sudden everything else just becomes kind of background noise. And it's always the really interesting thing to say, it's less important to focus on the thing that I'm afraid of that is keeping me out of it. That's almost the sabotage. It's easy to say, well, I have this excuse. I have a justification. I have a reason to not stay in. And most of the time what we do is we get get out and then we build a case of why it's okay for us to be out and we defend something we don't even want mm. as opposed to saying I made a choice to get out and that's it and I'm going to take responsibility for that choice but now I'm going to look at the thing that took me out or that I, I chose to not be in relationship with because I was scared of it. And rather than focusing on the thing itself, I'm going to say, what is it about that thing that is actually the deep fear? What is it that's underneath the surface of this thing? Because we can all say, well, I want to avoid, in the example of your friend at the 
like, I don't think I could be in a relationship again because I was so hurt by the last person because there was this betrayal, right? And, and you could build that case and everyone in the world would say, yes, I totally understand. Of course, of course you uh, can't open your heart in the same way, of course. But then you're going to build a case and society and evidence and proof of why it's okay to stay out. And is that really the life that you want when life is desperately seeking for you to be in? When instead you could say, what was this thing here to really show me about myself that was taking me somewhere I have never been? That was actually taking me deeper into the experience of life. So as an example, when I was sitting on the shore, feeling so disconnected from being in the water and the water is my favorite place in the world and facing it's not the fish that were keeping me outside on the water, even though I could build a case that it's the fault of the fish. If I arranged my life in a way where the fish weren't there, then I could be in, right? We can come up with all these reasons. But instead, if I can say, what do the fish really represent that I'm really afraid of? And it was interesting, I was sharing with you this morning, I felt like as long as the fish were far enough away from me, I was cool. But when they got too close, I started freaking out and it's like, well, that dear Natalie is not about fish. That is a conversation about intimacy. Where does life, your dreams, your lover, your friends, where do things get so close that you know you can't control your heart anymore? You know, you, you can't keep yourself safe anymore. You know, you're loving too deep. You intimacy life is you know you're going after a big life that you can't control and there's big risk. When does that start to scare you and you just want to take one foot back out or you want to take your body back out? But that's why we're here. So the very thing that makes you say, I think it's time to get out, is actually the thing that is signaling you to say you're finally ready to be in deeper. Mm. And I think many times we have taken things off limits um, and not even realize that we have. Like sometimes we can notice, oh, my life has gotten small. When did I start taking things off the list because there was risk involved or because I got hurt there? So like in your example, there are many times we have taken ourselves on, on, onto the shore and we're sitting there on dry land while everybody else is playing and we don't even realize that at some point we took ourselves out of the water. All of a sudden, we, we just look around and we're like, why are other people having more fun than I am? Mm. Like, how did my life start to, oh, so at some point I started to protect myself. And anytime we start to, to, to protect ourselves in that way or, or to take ourselves out of the game, we can do it in such slow and gradual ways, thinking, you know, using the reasoning mind, using the intellect, thinking we're doing something that is for our own good, but we're actually limiting our choices. And re a lot lately, I've been getting into conversations um, with like teenagers and uh, kids in college, a lot of people who have, are making choices for their career based on how much money they think they can make in life. And it looks like this topic has, has come up over and over again in the last couple of weeks of people making choices based on, on thinking it's the smart thing to do and it's actually disconnected from what their heart wants to do. Because maybe where their heart wants to go is really risky. 
maybe where their heart wants to go, there's not a lot of security. And last night I saw my dear friend, uh, she was a summer young in high school, she's summer Glenn now, and she was like, I can't believe, Kristen, that you went into the arts. It just seemed to me like the craziest thing to do because there's no security in it. Like, you don't know if you're going to have a job one day to the next, like, but you followed your heart and like, look what happened. And it's so funny because for me, I felt like there was no option in my life. Like my heart wouldn't give me the choice of whether or not to follow it when it came to doing what I love. It was like, I don't care if we're not making any money. I don't care if jobs come and they go. I don't care. I have to do this. And I feel like my heart was like running ahead of me into the unknown. And it's so funny because it's actually made me really good at um, living in uncertainty. Like you and I were talking this morning, living in uncertainty is something I feel like I have my PhD in. And, but yeah. it makes me feel so safe in life because I know I'm always going to be taken care of because so many times over and over again, I have watched the bottom fall out and still been caught by life. So it, yeah. it's always for a reason. So I was telling Natalie right before this call that yesterday I got a call from a producer that I was being let go of from a project. And friends, this is the second time this year. And I, you know, after I got the call, I was in this really funny place where I have learned enough from life um, to be curious when these things happen right? So not to go into like the poor me story, not to be like, uh, to blame anyone else, but just to get really curious and to know that life is always up to something. And I went and found my dear friend, Scott, and I was like, can we go for a walk? And we went for a walk in the valley. Like all this is, is the most beautiful, like farmland as far as the eye can see. I mean, there's chickens and horses and I mean, just stunning beauty. And I was just like, I think I just need to lay in this field and talk to you. Um, only because I'm just so curious about what um, the divine is doing in my life. What is the universe up to? Because it seems to be clearing a lot of space. And that space isn't on accident. And, you know, something that you, Natalie, said to me earlier this year, it's like, well, Kristen, I feel like the universe just keeps telling you to do your own self-authored work. And it's almost like you're going to get cock-blocked at this moment in life if it's not either like <laughs> the self-authored work or exactly in deep alignment with a story that only you can tell. Like there are a couple projects that are like yeah. so, they're so potent and almost like so dangerous that I have to be the ones telling them. And uh, Scott said something to me like, He's like, Kristen, you know how you keep telling me that, like, as a playwright, you're more interested in my projects about darkness than you are than my projects about light? Um, he's like, I feel the same thing about you. He's like, I'm interested in you going. He's like, I know you can do fun and joy and uh, lightness all day long. But going into those dark, dangerous places that people are afraid of going, he's like, you have the guts to go there. And you are not afraid of uncertainty. That is what you've been trained in. So maybe the universe is just clearing the path for you to go to places that only you can go. 
Oh, thank you for sharing that, Kristen. And it really makes me see in you tremendous courage and in so many people, the courage it takes to say, I'm really good over here, but how is staying where you're really good also not being in life, right? Isn't there sometimes a call to say, I've had so much success over here doing this one thing. Like I I know so many people who've had success on Wall Street, but like really want to be an actor. And it's like, but I can't leave this job because I'm really good at it or I make money out of it. But it's like, but your heart is calling you somewhere else. And wherever your heart is calling you, that's what being in life is, right? Being in life isn't doing just the thing that makes you the most money, just the thing that feels the safest, just the thing that you, you know, have to have fallen into or be able to do or, or have even had some success in you know I know even when you know you and I started doing this kind of work a lot of people said to me are you giving up acting are you trading acting for this thing right and it's like no it's it's a matter of opening yourself up to the bigness of life the bigness of your talent the bigness of what you want to express the bigness of what you want to share and even just saying I can only do this kind of work or I can only do this kind of thing or I've had success doing this the the really great artists that we all love and admire are the ones that are constantly reinventing themselves the ones that are saying what's the next edge what's the thing that hasn't happened through me yet What's the new thing? And we all have to be mindful that in our culture and in our political climate and in a world where there's been more separation than there's ever been. And I know I'm on this like very weird headspace with all of this because for whatever reason in the last two weeks, I've been very, very, very drawn to all these movies coming up on my Netflix about... um, uh, segregation and Black Lives Matter and also a lot has been coming up books-wise in front of me about the Holocaust and I've been just almost in this PhD I feel like of really being in research and study and understanding of how deep the separation is right now in our world, how deep the separation has been for a long time and that we are on the precipice of changing that and what it takes is for all of us to say, I have the courage to be in that conversation. Yes. I have the courage to be in that conversation in my family, in my friendships, in my art, in my voice, in what I create, in how I vote, whatever it looks like for you. I have the courage to be in a conversation that is about collaboration and community. There's no separation between me and mother nature. So how I treat her is how I treat myself. We have to be in this conversation because that's what's happening and that's where we are being moved by life so part of the courage to be in it is to say i was born at this time for a reason because it needs me to be in it also that's right and in order to be in it it takes a lot of self-validation Because to go in somewhere dangerous, to go in somewhere where people might not like what you have to say, to go in a place where you might have opposition. It's so funny. I was listening to this beautiful Joseph Campbell talk the other day, and he was talking about anyone who's ever said that God is inside of you is either some sort of like uh, crazy lunatic or a saint. And usually they both end up getting killed. So if you come with the deepest message of truth, 
there's often on this worldly plane some sort of consequence for it. And I love when Michael Beckwith uh, talks about every woman has a subconscious fear of being burned at the stake and every man has a subconscious fear of being crucified. That we actually are so, we can be so desperately afraid sometimes of standing for the things that matter most. As we look at the wounds in our world, where those places of deep separation lie, it can be easy easier to stand on the sidelines, to not be in it, not to be in the conversation, not to be taking a stand for something, not for creating work that really matters and because we can get so scared of what other people are thinking. And so it really takes the ability to go, I am, I approve of myself. And this morning I pulled up, um, I do like this like daily meditation every day. And I, t- I laughed when I actually, I knew that I was going to open up the topic and I was going to be like, it's good. I know how the universe is always just talking to me. It's the only thing that ever happens. And today's was self-approval. Uh, this is from the language of letting go. And it says, most, most of us want to be liked. We want other people to think of us as nice, friendly, kind, and loving. Most of us want the approval, approval of others. Since childhood, some of us have been trying to get approval, trying to get people to like us and think highly of us. We may be afraid people will leave us if they disapprove of our actions. We may look for approval from people who have none to give. We may not know that we're lovable now and we can learn to approve of ourselves. In order to live happily, to live consistently with the way our higher power wants us to live, and to tap into a way of life that is in harmony with the universe, we need to let go of our extreme need for approval. These unmet needs for approval and love from our past give others control over us today. These needs can prevent us from acting in our best interest and being true to ourselves. We can approve of ourselves. In the end, that's the only approval that counts. And I think about how we can keep ourselves on the perpetual shore, this small life, because we want others to like us, because we're afraid of getting dangerous. We're afraid of the risk. And so we can deny that thing inside of us that is calling out for a truer version of ourself. But it means that we have to be more visible, um, more out loud, and be unafraid of ruffling a few feathers in doing what we really came here on the planet to do. So it takes from the beginning, as we go into the risk, as we go into the unknown, to say, I am watching myself right now at this moment be brave. I am watching myself take a stand for what I know to be true. And so it doesn't matter what happens in the world of form or how people might react because there's something different going on here. Or as Rob Bell likes to say, that's not the game I'm playing. Yes. You know, one thing, I haven't even shared this with you yet, Kay. My last night uh, in Sardinia, we went to probably the most beautiful restaurant I've ever seen in my life. And it was on a hilltop overlooking the ocean, little beautiful houses and candles and everything everywhere and very fancy and very ornate and only people who have a lot of money can go there. And we happened to be gifted this, this night. Uh, so it was like a very like fortunate thing that I felt like I got to be here. 
And this young boy was cleaning our table and I felt so compelled to talk to him. And I asked him how long he had been in Italy and he kind of got nervous and shuffled away. And, and then he came back a few minutes later and he just opened his mouth and started telling me his story. And it was almost like maybe no one has ever asked him his story. So we got uncomfortable when he was asked and he left, but he had such a deep need to tell his story that he came back. And he told me that he's from Ghana and he came two years ago on a boat to Italy as thousands of refugees from Ghana come to, to the shore to try to have a better life. And I said, what made you come here? Do you know anybody or did you have a job here? And he said, no, I just, there was so much devastation in my life and there was no hope that I realized nobody in the world is going to be brave for me. There's no member of my family. There's no government official. There's no one who's gonna come and be brave for me or make my life good. I have to do it. So he got on this little boat and he came across and he said, most people, thousands of people who make this journey never make it. They die at sea. And he said his boat started sinking while they were in the middle of the ocean. And he thought this was the end. And from the distance, a rescue boat came and just in time came and rescued them and took them to the shore. And he was able from there to go to a refugee camp where he had been living. And I asked him, how did you, how did you do that? How did you find the courage to leave your home, to leave your family, to leave everything and, and take this treacherous trip where most likely you won't make it to come to a place where you have no food, no money, no place to stay, nothing. And he said, because it was my job to be brave for myself. So there was nothing else to do. And I was just looking at this young boy. I, maybe he was 16 years old. He was just a baby and a big smile and a beautiful spirit. And so grateful. And I thought to myself, he sits here night after night cleaning the plates of people who have no idea who this man is, who he is standing in front of them. And also he's looking at all these people who've been given this privileged, beautiful life where they can afford to come to this restaurant and have this beautiful dinner and be on vacation and be wearing immaculate clothes. And he has nothing inside of him but ultimate gratitude to just be here serving that's exactly and it that's what it takes that's the courage it takes to be in it the courage it takes to be in it is gratitude the courage it takes to be in it is saying life is so precious i will not let a moment go to waste i will not stand a moment in jealousy i will not stand a moment in a victim story i will not look at this person i'm cleaning their plate and think they have it better than me i will not waste a second because my life is so precious and i'm here to be brave and courageous for myself and i will not waste a moment doing anything else that's what it is to be in it 
And I love that he said, I'm so grateful just to be serving. That makes my heart just want to burst open because whether it is in love, getting to be (laughs) grateful, I just get to show up and be with this human being in, in love, or I am so grateful that I get to show up and serve people through telling stories or creating art or what I have to give. It's like being inside the gratitude that I have something here to give and I'm grateful for the ability just to give it. This morning, so as I was telling you, sometimes spirit likes to wake me up at like three or four in the morning. And and as you were telling me, there's some portal that opened up for that opens up for the next 90 days. Yeah, there's an energetic portal for, for nine days. And it nine just days. Started on September 9th. Yeah. Um, so I wake up and I uh, I'm like, all right, let's go have a conversation. Let's go journal and talk and see see what's happening. And so I was up for a while and I was journaling and meditating and some really interesting stuff came in. And that and then at a certain point, I was thinking, I might go to an early morning yoga class since I'm up. And then I heard, just lay down. And I took this beautiful white fluffy blanket that was on this gorgeous couch in this log cabin that I'm staying in. And I pulled it up over my shoulders and I just laid down and it felt so good and so warm. And then as I, with my eyes closed, I heard the most incredible storm happening, just like loud, just rain and wind and the trees were thumping against the glass and it was so loud and so crazy. And I was thinking, I'm so glad I didn't try to go drive to a yoga class in this. But two, I was almost like I could feel um, the arms of love around me in that beautiful blanket keeping me warm Mm -hmm. and saying to me, it may sound scary and it may seem like there's a lot of turbulence but look how safe and held you are. No matter what the circumstances look like, I got you, I got you. You are safe, you are warm, you are loved, you are protected. And so there's this knowing that no matter what we walk into in life and no matter what the perception might want to be, whether it might look like there are... are, flesh-eating fish all around us <laughs> in the water, um, or if there is uh, the feeling of a storm that is uh, keeping us awake, we, we can know that whatever we walk into in life, or like the, that sweet boy from Ghana, when the boat is sinking, we have something within us that is holding us. We have something within us that is keeping us protected and loved no matter how big a risk we take. That's it. That's it. Do you have something that you are going to say, I have the courage to be in this? Uh, Yes. I have the courage to be in a process of integration, of integrating Uh, what I don't know how to integrate. I'm seeking in my life right now a kind of harmony, a kind of balance, an integration of of the formless and the form. I'm seeking in my life a way to bring my vacation energy into my real life energy. I'm seeking a way to bring harmony 
and balance into my relationships, whether it's a good day or a bad day, I'm seeking this integration. And in order to be in this integration, in order to be where I haven't been before, I have to jump into the water with the fish. I have to flail around. I have to be a mess. I have to do things wrong. And so I'm giving myself permission to really do it all wrong while I find my way towards doing it better. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's great. I love the courage. Um, Well, this week, I'm going to give myself the courage to be the most authentic version of myself and walk straight into dangerous places. I'm going to look for the places that feel like no one else will walk into and know that I can walk into them. Mm. Mm. Let's do it. Let's jump off the deep end. Let's jump into the ocean. Let's all be courageous together. If you're listening to this and you're not on our Facebook page, come and join our Facebook page. It's the acronym create c.r.e.a.t.e community, create community Facebook page. And please share with us this week as you're listening to the podcast what courage you are taking to be in your life this week. I think that'll be really inspiring for all of us to take bigger and bigger leaps. We love you. We are so proud of you. We see the courage that you have every day taking a stand to live your life, to be on that leading edge of where am I being led? Where is life pushing me into? And where is my heart pulling me? We see you in your truth, in your bravery. And we applaud you every day. Thank you for being inside the conversation with us. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet. And if you like this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C period R period E period A period T period E period community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend?